Welcome to today's episode of Every Mom Needs a Friend. Hopefully you are having a wonderful start to your week or a wonderful day or a wonderful evening wherever you are. I'm just glad to be in your ear. I am excited for today's episode because it's a kind of jump into the deep end episode. Um, I talk about it in the episode, but um, it's something that was on my heart, so I felt like it was appropriate to just go ahead and talk about it. Um, Today's episode is about forgiveness, but also about Satan's tactics. And really, the connection between these two is that everything hinges on forgiveness, that ultimately we have been forgiven, and that's how our whole relationship with Jesus and God has been restored. And that really, I wanted to uh, name this episode, Forgiveness Sets You Free, because it does. Um, But also, I feel like my working title was Satan, You Have No Place Here. And I just feel like, I feel like for me, that Satan tries to tell me that, you know, they don't deserve my forgiveness, that they've, you know, gone too far, or that, Anna, you're not worthy of forgiveness, like you've messed up too much. So I really just think the way that it's connected between these two, because I kind of jump between these two topics in the episode, is that ultimately Satan doesn't want you to think about any of this. Satan wants you to not listen to my words today. Satan doesn't want you to grow or prosper. Satan doesn't want you to build community or feel settled. So although today I talk a lot about all the things that Satan does, ultimately Satan doesn't want you to have a relationship with Jesus. That's ultimately it because he knows that his time is coming to an end and he's scraping for anyone he can get his hands on. So (laughs) with that heavy start, I want to jump into today's episode and I'm so thankful you're joining me today and I hope you join me on Instagram. So jump on over there um, so that we can connect further. But without further ado, Anna, stop talking so that you can jump over to Anna in the episode. So y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening and let's jump in. Okay, I just feel like I have to get into today's topic because it feels super heavy, but I also feel like, I don't know if y'all feel this way, but if creative juices are flowing, just go ahead and go with it. I feel like I am sitting here just so on fire for this topic, but not because I'm like joyfully and happily and excitedly working through it. It actually feels heavy and I feel like I have just kind of a lot of anxiousness about it. Um, Just recently, I feel like I have been working through this idea of forgiveness. It comes up in the Bible like freaking all the time and it's kind of like a scary thing. And I actually feel like in church, we don't do a good job of kind of talking about the importance of this in the way that it's like, y'all, if you're not forgiving people, then I don't think you fully understand the gift of Jesus Christ. I... I'm saying that with so much like remorse because it's like, I'm just as bad as y'all. It's like the most hypocritical thing for me to be sitting here talking to y'all about forgiveness when I feel like I am still working through forgiving people and potentially having the humbleness to come forth and asking people for forgiveness. So I'm just a fallible human being, just like y'all. I say that all the time, but I wanted to start with some verses obviously speaking over forgiveness because God does a better job of talking about it than I do. So let's just kind of level set here. Let's start with uh, Matthew. So there's two verses I want to work through here. Matthew 6, 15. But if you do not forgive others in their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Oh my gosh, y'all. Okay. Matthew 5, 23 through 24. 
So if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift, therefore, before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Okay, James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So I feel like these verses basically surmise that it's really important to do this, that it's dangerous if you don't, and that honestly, the only person that's going to be suffering is yourself. And so I started like thinking about working through this and why I'm not doing a great job of forgiving people or having the humbleness to ask for forgiveness. And I just have felt weirdly pained by past hurt that I've done and that's been done to me And it just feels like a direct attack from the enemy trying to steal my joy or my sleep or my attention. And so I keep thinking about like, what are the devil's tactics? Like, it always makes me think of the screw tape letters. If you know, you know, Um, my mom had the book and I think I stole it from her. But if you haven't read the screw tape letters, it's basically a book written from kind of Satan's perspective of the things that he does and the ways that he tries to steal our joy, attention, sleep, all the things. Um, It's super creepy, but also like an interesting take on kind of what Satan does daily to mess up our relationship with Jesus. And ultimately, let me just speak this over you. uh, Satan can't do that. The battle's already won. So fearfully speaking, it's not something that actually is a real issue, except for the fact that let's talk about this verse. Ephesians 6.12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I mean, I'm, I'm no theologian, y'all, never claim to be, but I'm like, okay, that brings me fear. That makes me nervous. That makes me scared. Um, and with God, we don't have to feel like that. And so today, I just kind of want to do my own version of the screw tape letters, and let's talk about what Satan wants to do. Satan wants to kill and destroy. We know this. And I just started like researching the heck out of this and working through, you know, what is Satan trying to do in my life specifically, especially as I think about my kids and my marriage and my family relationships, all the things. And so I came along this article. I will cite it. It's from beliefnet.com, but I'll tag it. So the article kind of goes in It's a very long article, so I'm going to do my best to summarize it. But let's start with some big sections of what Satan is trying to do. So Satan wants to muddy your vision. I really think of my mom here. My mom has had battles with vision issues in the past couple of years. But like, think about if we lose our vision, we lose confidence, joy, direction, clarity. Like, think about if you're sitting in your house and all of a sudden the power goes off, you freeze. So Satan stealing your vision creates muddy spots for you to spin your wheels. If you feel like your vision's getting skewed, let's actually find ways to stick to the course, even when the road isn't clear. I mean, sure, maybe you don't know where you should live or what you should do for work or who you should marry, but what does God say to do with your time and energy? Luke 10, 27, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and of course, y'all, say it together, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, next. Satan wants to kidnap your desires. He just, he wants you to live in frustration and that frustration often comes from like discontentment and comparison. 
He wants you to keep your focus inward on yourself and what you want versus outward on what God has for you. It makes me think of the way I was taught to pray, and that's starting with recognition of who God is and all your blessings that you have, and that will hopefully secure you in this constant posture of thankfulness. God will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your eyes on him. That's from Isaiah 26.3. Okay, next, Satan wants to make your purpose unclear. He knows that if you don't feel like you have a purpose, then you're going to feel worthless. Satan also will deploy any tactics to make you anxious, unworthy, debilitated, y'all. So start with today. Simply make yourself a list and work through it. And at the end of the day, you'll have this tangible ledger of your time. And as moms, or maybe it's just me, but I feel like I have this huge mental load that I carry at all times. So I've done this in my marriage, but write it all down. Just take some time. Sometimes I've filled up the front and back of a piece of paper But do your best to share this with your husband and just ask for help. This is easier for some people. It's really hard for me. Okay, next, Satan wants to silence your voice. If you haven't heard this before, let me be the first to say that as believers and followers of Christ, we have the power of the Holy Spirit on our side. And that carries the same power that freaking raised Jesus from the dead. Think about that. Use this power to speak life and protection over your marriage and over your kids And I mean out loud with confidence. I have had this constant battle for probably two years with the fear of evening. And I mean it, y'all. Like, I feel like my whole life I've been scared of the dark. But I mean, like, truly as it nears bedtime, feeling anxious and scared. And this includes putting my kids to bed. I mean, I'll share this story on a future episode, but I've been actively working against this darkness by speaking Jesus' name over my kids that pretty much turns into like a mini corner evangelism preaching moment. But I'll tell you, it's been clear to me that Satan has no power over my voice and I have no choice but to use it, especially when it comes to my kiddos. So speak up, my gals. Okay, and then I'll end this with talking through how Satan wants to make unclear your calling and your destiny. Remember, gals, you were individually knitted together in your mother's womb for such a time as this. You are unique, and you have your own set of skills that God has wonderful plans for. Dig into this and ask questions to people who you trust to help with this. I think I brought this up on a podcast before, but I remember over 10 years ago, I would go on walking dates with a dear friend who was a couple years older and a couple steps ahead, and we would walk and talk about God and marriage. And one time at the end of our hour walk, she stopped and turned to me. She's a really petite gal, so she practically was looking up at me. But she said with power and authority, Anna, I know you're supposed to work with girls and women. I believe you are created especially to speak over and mentor gals, and I think that you have a unique ability to relate and connect with people. And twice, those words have come to the forefront of my mind so clearly, and that's when I, for several years, served with high school ministry. It just felt so painfully clear. And then the second was when I started this podcast. And I know that words are so important. So I want to end today with a big question to keep this train moving in your mind. So get your hands ready, y'all. Okay. One, two, three. Ouch. Okay. That was a hard clap for me. Okay. So y'all, let's stop. Think, especially in light of this episode, what are you uniquely good at? 
So I'm going to list some, but there's so many. Um, And I want to make clear that I feel like growing up, at least for me, my identity was like and who I was dating or what sport I was playing, how I looked, how I dressed. But let's talk about real stuff here. So here's a list of just what came to my head when I thought of people in my life and what they're really good at. So hospitality, cooking, organizing, storytelling, writing, reading, drinking coffee, cleaning, working out, laughing, learning. Maybe you're creative, driven. Maybe you're empathetic or believe that prayer is how you can serve others. Y'all, whatever it is, please pause and think through how you can use that for kingdom work. It doesn't have to be grand. Just don't make any more excuses of why you can't do it because of time or resources. God will make a way if you give it to him. Okay. Whoa. I feel like I had to like breathe out. Like I was running out of breath because I just feel like, okay, Jesus, like that's a lot. I hope that my words are clear and I hope that it lands on y'all in the right way. Um, I'm very interested what y'all think. Okay. Love y'all so much. Have a wonderful day.